0: Hi, I'm Alan Boswell, and welcome to The Horn from the International Crisis Group. Today, we're speaking to Mr. Tundu Lisu, Tanzania's opposition leader, about the future of the country after the sudden death of President John Magufuli. Tundu Lisu survived an assassination attempt on his life in 2017, and then returned last year to contest against President Magufuli in elections before fleeing the country again after he denounced the unfree and unfair vote as a rig. We're honored he could join us. We recorded this on Friday, an hour after Tanzania's new president, Samia suluhu Hassan was sworn in. Tundu, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you so much for um, the opportunity,
0: Alan. First of all, what's your understanding of, of what happened to President Magufuli?
1: Uh, well, my understanding is President Magufuli went down with COVID-19 around 3rd uh, or 4th of this month, fourth 3rd uh, or 4th of March. I, I was first notified of the situation on the 4th, actually. My sources in, in Dar es Salaam told me that the president was gravely ill with COVID-19, and that was 4th um, March. And I took my time to verify the information from other sources. And by Sunday the 7th, I had had enough information to enable me to go public. That is the day I tweeted for the first time, demanding to know where where the president was and uh, his state of health.
0: And so why do you think they have announced a a different cause of death, a uh, a heart attack?
1: They could not dare uh, declare the true cause of death for obvious reasons. Uh, More than any other leader in the world, President Magufuli defied all logic. He defied the international community. He defied WHO. He defied all our neighbors, spanned all international efforts to fight COVID-19 through global, regional, and continental efforts. Then uh, inside Tanzania, as you all know, perhaps, uh, he told us to pray harder, you know, to forget about science, to forget about Medicine and to put our faith in faith healers and, and herbal concoctions. The president went ahead and discouraged the use of uh, uh, face masks. He did not want anyone, including himself, to take any precautions, any precautions that were being recommended by the health authorities worldwide. He didn't want people to, to, to take those precautions. And therefore, for him to go down with covid nineteen and then to admit that uh, he's actually contracted the, the the disease would have been too much i'm not 'm not surprised at all that they they decided they were going to cover up the whole thing
0: at the moment we're we're speaking. Literally an hour after uh, the new president Samia Suluhu was sworn in, I'm just wondering what's next for Tanzania as you see it under her rule. Of course, you ran for that seat, you know, in elections that that in some ways now seem far long ago, but were just months ago. Um, what's your view of her, and 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 what do you think she'll be trying to achieve as president?
1: I, I think uh, uh, Samia Suluhu, Hassan, the, the the newly sworn in president will have a very tall order uh, before her. The situation is such that she will have to decide whether to pursue the same disastrous policies by her predecessor or to change course. And my feeling is she's going to change course, And she's going to change course because the policies that were pursued by President Magufuli were not not just disastrous in their uh, uh, outcomes, but also they did not make much sense beyond the president himself. Take the example of uh, his approach to COVID-19. That was so magufuli. It had nothing, there was no policy behind it. It was just the personal whim of the president. And therefore, uh, sh- I think President Samia Sulu-Hassan is going to have to to change calls on COVID-19, which is, uh, would be very easy, but also uh, on a variety of other policies that were pursued by President Magufuli over the past five years. For instance, the President Magufuli's crackdown on, on, on the business community, investors, foreign and local, the war on democracy, the war on, on the opposition and a civil society, the war on the free press, policies pursued with by President Magufuli with such a single-minded brutality, President Samia Sulu-Hassan is going to have to decide whether to continue with that or to change course. And my, my hunch tells me that she's going to change course because unlike Magufuli, I know Samia sulu served with her in parliament for five years. I think she doesn't have the resources. She doesn't have the, uh, the will. That single minded uh, wickedness that Magufuli exhibited. So I think uh, she's going to change, she's going to change course. Uh, and you also have to bear in mind that a number of other factors are going to influence her. Within the, the regime, within the ruling uh, uh, CCM party, factions that had been uh, had appeared to be subdued by Magufuli are already rearing their heads. The Kikwete faction. Is, is, is coming up. And Samia Sulu Hassan coming from Zanzibar and a woman in such a male-dominated uh, political uh, sphere, she's going to be influenced by these other factions as well as by the international community. Tanzania had become so isolated under Magufuli, the effect of our regional and international isolation have been disastrous. Um, Our neighbors have shunned us. The international community is looking at Tanzania as cans. And therefore, these uh, factors are going to influence how to change cause, in my view.
0: I mean, in the Tanzania context, what does it mean to have a Muslim, a woman, and a Zanzibari as president? I mean all, all three of those in some ways are, are are quite remarkable. Tanzania is a political union, and Zanzibar itself has a president of its own um, and that's, and that union itself has been a bit troubled lately so so I mean all these all three of these factors what you know what really is the significance of of having a, the new president fill all these boxes?
1: I mean, it, it, it is remarkable that we are, we, we will have uh, the first woman president. But beyond that, I don't think there is uh, much to it. And, and here's why. Uh, she is Zanzibari. She will be the second president of Tanzania to come from Zanzibar. Nyerere's immediate successor came from Zanzibar, Ali Hassan Mwini. Mwini uh, came before her. Uh, she's a Muslim. She's going to be the third Muslim president of, of Tanzania. Mwinyi was a Muslim as well as Jakaya Kikwete. So I don't think her religion and 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 her Zanzibari origins are going to have uh, any any remarkable uh, influence in 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 that regard.
0: Transitions can of course be uh, very delicate. I, I'm wondering, um, do you think this one? Are you sure it'll be a smooth transition? Do you think she'll definitely be able to consolidate power? Do you have any concerns about that? Because, of course, Maga Fuli had such outsized power as president before her.
1: I think uh, the transition will be smooth. And uh, and, and here is why. We have never had, uh, seriously speaking, we have never had a transition of power uh, in Tanzania since independence. We have been ruled all these years by people from the, same, from the same party, from the same ideology, from the same uh, political tradition. Power in Tanzania lies with the presidency. It lies with the state, not with the party. The party was used in previous years to rationalize and, and, and confer ideological legitimacy to the state project. But real power lies and has always laid with the, the state house and, 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 and the army and, and all those uh, organs of state power. And the presidency is a very powerful uh, institution in our, our constitutional scheme of things. So bearing in mind our history, the history of not real transition of power, uh-huh. no regime changes. Uh, it, is going to be, it is going to be smooth. And, uh, you know, the, she's coming into office not because of any upheaval uh, within the party or outside it. She's coming to power as a successor of uh, a deceased president. Consolidation of power, I also don't see much in, in, uh, uh, to fear about in that regard. As I said, the president has enormous powers under the Tanzanian scheme of things. She will basically be able to appoint everyone who matters in the state. She will automatically almost become the party's uh, chairperson. Uh, She's going to appoint uh, ministers, including the prime minister. She's now going to appoint the vice president. So everyone who matters in in the government is going to be her appointee, and they are all going to serve at her pleasure. Inside the party, she's going to be the boss. And uh, after what Magufuli did to CCM, consolidating power in, the, in the, the hands of the president and the party chairman, uh, I think it is going to be easy for her to, to consolidate power.
0: Yeah, I mean, you talk about, you know, the, the sort of power Magufuli did have um, in his outside influence, and then the power that President uh, Samia Suluhu could have. I mean, what have we learned from that? And how can Tanzania move forward? You know, it seemed like during President Magufuli's time in power that the party couldn't restrain him, institutions couldn't restrain him, many people got thrown in jail, he banned a live broadcast of parliament, ban political rallies, there are assassination attempts and real assassinations, as you know quite well. What could be done to avoid this happening again or to sort of change and, and move Tanzania in a different direction?
1: I think the, the, the biggest thing that we must worry about is the influence of the, the security services in our politics and society. What defined Magufuli's uh, uh, tenure, in a brief tenure in office, is the power of the intelligence and security services. In order for Magufuli to uh, to consolidate his power inside and outside the, the government, he unleashed the security forces, the security services uh, against. Anyone, uh, any perceived uh, uh, opponent, real or imagined, and therefore the, the security forces have played an outsized role during this uh, past five five years. They have acquired powers that they they did not have before. It is going to be it is going to take some effort on the, the on Samia Sulu Hassan's part to rein in the security forces. That I think that is where the, the real problem is going to, to lie. However, what Magufuli did with the security forces was to tribalize them. Uh, from what I hear and from what I've seen, Magufuli transformed the intelligence and security services as well as the police and uh, uh, the, the army by filling it with the, his tribe's people. These have acquired enormous powers in recent years they are going to resist, but uh, in the, the ethnic scheme of things in Tanzania, even for a large ethnic group like the Sukuma, where, where the president allegedly come, came from, uh, uh, Magufuli, that is, they—I don't think—they make even ten percent of the total population, and therefore, uh, even with their outsized power and their influence within the security services. I don't think these Magufuli loyalists in the the security forces will be able to to resist for long. One thing that uh, is, is going to have to change, and I think it will change, is with regard to the opposition. The ban on political activity that was imposed immediately after President Magufuli came to office in 2016 did not make sense legally. It may have made sense uh, politically. Bagufuli wanted to crush the opposition in order to be the supreme leader. He failed. Uh, by all accounts, uh, he failed. Uh, I don't think uh, President Samia Sulu-Hassan is going to pursue the same, the same politics of trying to crush the opposition, uh, which uh, failed under her, her, her predecessor. Uh, And therefore, I see a general improvement in the the political atmosphere. But more importantly, to secure democracy, uh, to make sure that we don't have another magufuli again in the future, we need to go back to the constitution making process that was sabotaged by President Kikwete in 2014. Samia Sulu Hassan is very well placed in this regard. Uh, she was the, the vice chairperson of the Constituent Assembly that sat uh, in early to middle uh, uh, 2014, which uh, debated the the constitution that uh, never never came to fruition. It never came to fruition, not because of her or of uh, the chairman, uh, the then chairman. It came. It, it did not uh, work because President Kikwete and the power brokers within CCM uh, sabotaged it. Uh, she, now that she is the boss, she is going to have to decide whether to give the country the constitution that it deserves. And uh, I, I believe uh, it, it would be very hard for her to pretend that the constitutional, uh, making, constitution making process which she co-chaired, did not take place or was not important. In order to secure her own power, in order to secure her own legacy, we need the new constitution.
0: Yeah. Now, I mean, listening to you, you're describing her as, as really a very potentially transformative uh, leader of Tanzania. Um, And you mentioned that she was the vice chair of this previous constitutional process. Do do you think she is a reformer? I mean, do you think this is, you know, what she wants her legacy to be?
1: I don't think she's a reformer as such. Politically, she's pretty much uh, colorless, uh, you know, a, a gray spot. But she inherits a state that is in dire need of reform. She inherits a, a, a country that is isolated regionally, that is isolated internationally. She inherits a, 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 politic, a polity that is broken, a country that is uh, uh, uh divided, that is uh, uh divided by the divisive politics of President Magufuli. She's most, in, uh, most likely inheriting an empty treasury because of the the, the, the squandering of uh, of of, of the, the public resources that went with President Magufuli and his uh, obsession with uh, these uh, huge uh, white elephants, uh, and therefore the circumstances will will force her to embrace reform. Uh, she is not instinctively a reformer, but the circumstances will push her towards towards the reform because she has no, the only option uh, she has, other than reform, is to pursue magufulism. And I don't think she'll be able to do that.
0: Um, just one more question before we move on to some of these these points you raised about the, the implications for the political opposition, um, uh, we, we, which of course is a very interesting discussion. Um, uh, first of all, I'm wondering, you know, traditionally there has been a sort of uh, rotation of power between Christians and Muslims within the ruling party in terms of ruling Tanzania, and of course she's rising to power sort of unexpectedly, well, very much unexpectedly because of the the death of President Magafuli. Do you think this throws off at all this sort of uh, this rotational of power uh, along those lines that 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 has been there in the past?
1: Well, rotation of power between Muslims and uh, Christians. Is not written in the country's constitution, and and therefore uh, there is nothing there is nothing in apart from tradition, there is nothing to prevent her from uh, not only uh, uh, finishing Magufuli's term but running again in 2025.
0: So I think, as most of our listeners know, um, you know, you've been a very outspoken opposition politician. Um, You survived uh, an assassination attempt in 2017, uh, yet you still returned last year to run in elections, which was, you know, incredibly courageous. Um, Why?
1: I did all that because uh, this is what needed to be done. Uh, President Magufuli needed to be confronted. Uh, He needed to be be resisted. And... uh, I I particularly uh, was the the first one uh, in in, in 2015, immediately after he took over when everybody was falling over themselves with magumania, there was a a craze of a magufuli during the first few months of his administration. I stood out, I I was about the only politician in and outside uh, uh, the, the opposition Uh, to call him out for what he was. And I told told the nation then that uh, the country was going to go through a purgation. It was going to go through uh, terrible times with this this fellow. And I did not stop. Once I started, I did not stop. Then they came after me with the persecution in the courts, with repeated arrests, and ultimately uh, with the assassination attempt. And and there, then once I, I got fit, uh, and with the general elections coming up last year, uh, who else could have stood up against this bully, if not uh, if not myself? Uh, as far as I'm concerned, I think it was uh, it was only natural that um, I should uh, stand against against him. Uh, you know, I, I I'm not sure it is courageous, but I, I just thought it was something that needed to be done. I think uh, the last elections proved one thing, that the opposition, rather than being uh, dead and buried as Magufuli had declared in in February of 2016, the opposition emerged even stronger last year uh, than we were before.
0: What happened in those elections? Can you just summarize? Of course, there was, you know, the, the final results were, were significantly marred by irregularities and what seemed like pretty clear rigging of the elections. Um, and, then, and then what lessons did you learn uh, from that?
1: Uh, what happened is uh, that uh, rather than allow the Tanzanian voters to decide the contest, uh, the regime, and when I say the regime, I mean the entire government mas- machinery the entire state machinery was employed to make sure that uh, not only I as a presidential candidate do not win, but also the opposition does not win at all. So what we saw on election day after such a a remarkable campaign uh, which I led was a takeover of the electoral process by the machinery of the state, by the army, by the security forces, by the intelligence services, and uh, by by the government's uh, political and administrative machinery, and uh, the uh, rigging to call it rigging is charitable. It was uh, an electoral theft pure and simple. They decided to declare the results. I don't think they even counted the votes. They already had their results uh, in their in their in their pocket. So they decided to declare. the the results that they already had, and they had nothing to do with the, with those who went to the polls that day. Now, the lesson is this, Uh, CCM is not a political party. CCM is a political system. It, it it, It is worded to the state in such a way that it will be difficult, if not entirely impossible, it will be difficult to remove CCM Without first dealing with the, the where the power is, the state, without transforming the the state, without democratizing the state. So, so the lesson going forward, and that is what I said, uh, uh, Samir Sulu has an ought to do. The 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 uh, the agenda for us is to fight for dem- democratization of the state. It is the new constitution, a new electoral system. A new constitutional and political order for Tanzania. If we do not, we, we, if we do not achieve that, it will be uh, very difficult to dislodge uh, this political system from political power. So that is that is the lesson, as far as I'm concerned.
0: Now, there's actually a debate on democracy. I think that's sort of playing out in, in in Africa, but in this region in particular, we just did a podcast a few weeks ago, you know, following the Ugandan uh, election and and sort of the lessons from that. And there's sort of two sides. There's those that say, you know, that either these these elections, which are sort of clearly um, uh, clearly not allow them to be free and fair, that that's really you know showcasing the sort of last legs of what are, you know, sclerotic regimes, so to speak. Um, and then there's, an, uh, there's another side, you know, that obviously says that, that basically this is showing that democracy is in steep decline um, in the region. I, I, I'm wondering, what do you see in Tanzania in the region? Do you think this is showcasing actually the power of democracy, or do you think it's showcasing that, that, that you know, we're seeing the lessening power of democracy?
1: First of all, I think democracy is very important. It is very important to, to have a democracy, because what is the alternative the alternative is the Magufulis of this world. The alternative is the the uh, uh, the Yoweri Musevenis of this world. So so democracy is very important. We have to recognize that democracy has always been fought for. It does not fall from a heaven-like Mana. price has to be paid for for, for for democracy. Now, what we've seen in the in the, the recent past, not just in Tanzania, but uh, uh, in Uganda and uh, pretty much in many countries uh, of Africa as well as uh, beyond Africa. We've seen uh, democracy on, on a retreat, uh, democracy under siege uh, in many places. And, uh, but that, what that means is uh, uh, those of us who think that democracies are important have to fight back because the alternative democracy is tyranny. And who wants, who wants another magufuli in Tanzania? Who wants a Yoweri Museven in Uganda? Who wants any of these tyrants who are not, uh, uh, you know, terrorize their populations and they, they squander the resources of the people uh, for personal enrichment? So, so uh, yes, democracy is being on the on, under siege in Tanzania, in, in Uganda, in many other places. Uh, this, uh, this, are, this is the way of the world. It has to be fought. We have to fight back because the alternatives are much, much more grim. Yeah, so do you
0: think these elections, like the ones we've seen in Tanzania, the one in Uganda, um, do you think they, they, they move the country forward, um, even though the elections themselves look, you know, just they, they're so disappointing?
1: I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you uh, uh, about uh, uh, Tanzania and what happened about the elections in Tanzania, as well as elsewhere. If you were to ask me, to go back again and do what I did last year, I would do it. I, I would do it. And I would do it because the opportunity to mobilize the nation, the, the opportunity that democracy offers to uh, offer an alternative vision, alternative policy uh, a platform, uh, the opportunity to mobilize is so important that even though the result was very disappointing, but uh, the, the, that opportunity, the process, the de- democratic process is, an, an, is an, in, in itself a very important process. And for Democrats everywhere, democracies, democracies have to be fought for. They have to be, uh, crea- they are created, they, are, they, they do not just uh, develop of their own. And they, w- they will be fought for, uh, we will fight under the terrain that we do not necessarily choose. We will, we will fight these battles uh, in, on the terrain chosen by, by the enemy, as it, as, as it were. But fight, we must. And therefore, elections are not useless. The message, I think, the message from last year in Tanzania is elections are not necessarily useless. The only thing that we need to do to make elections what they should be is to fight harder and to fight smarter, to mobilize our people and uh, and uh, let them understand that uh, uh, without their possible entry onto the political stage, a democracy is not to be, is not going to be is not going to be sustained. It's not going to be built. Uh, it's not going to be sustained. So. Uh, elections are important, even when their the, the results are not what we, we would wish.
0: We're very grateful for your time. So I just have two other quick questions, if that's OK. Um, uh, so, so, so first of all, you know, how does this new transition, how does this change opposition plans, would you say, and change the sort of landscape for opposition parties and opposition politicians? Like you mentioned, you know, Tanzania, you know, really uniquely in this region has only ever seen one ruling party.
1: For the opposition i think we must look forward with uh, with optimism we must prepare for a return to normal politics we must re- prepare for uh for a return onto the political stage and i think that is that is important
0: and final question which i which i think i i need to uh, ask you um do you plan on running for political office for the president again
1: uh that's a very good question and uh, very difficult to answer at this stage Uh, I have always, I have always, uh, uh, you know, been part of the the political process. And uh, when called to serve, I'm prepared to serve.
0: Okay, great. A very wise political answer. Um, So um, thank you. Thank you, Tundu uh, Lisu, for coming on our podcast. We're extremely grateful, both for all your insights and your time. So thank you very much.
1: Thank you so much, Alan. Thank you for the opportunity.
0: As ever, thanks for listening, and you can find more on our work or read our reports at crisisgroup.org, or follow us on Twitter at Crisis Group. I'm Alan Boswell. You can find me on Twitter at Alan Boswell. This episode was produced by Mae Francis. We'll be back in two weeks with our next episode.